A one, two, two three, four. T to G to I to F to T to G to I to F to F. Thank God it's first. Thank God it's first. Thank God it's first. T to G to I to F to T to G to I to F to F. Thank God it's first. Thank God it's first Friday. Hello, everybody. I am Deacon Luke Rawicki. And I am Brother Andrew Tory. And we are here to talk about Brother Andrew's favorite Netflix series because the theme today is life is boring. Boring. And so if life is boring, you might as well sing about it, right, Brother Andrew? That's right. Life is boring. Yeah, that's right. No, it's not. Easter five. I hope you like that. A harmony action coming at you from TGIF. F. And so we're here in April, and April is the month, at least this year, of Easter. Easter. And maybe you saw the title of this episode and you thought, like, what's going on with these these two brothers? They're usually so peppy. And now they're talking about how life is boring. Well, we're gonna get to that. Yeah, don't, don't worry. We're gonna, there's going to be plenty of pep and spunk and poof to go around for everybody. So just, just <laughs> hold tight. Just hold tight, people. Just hold tight. But we're not 100% convinced that life is boring. We're just like throwing it out there, and then you can tell it us what might, you think. It might be boring. Your life might be boring. Your life. My life could be boring, but we're going we're gonna to investigate. We're going to go deeper into the, into the topic to see. But brother Andrew, before we get into that, um, anything happening at the seminary that we should, uh, our faithful listeners should know about? So I became an acolyte. Yes. Yes. What it is that? So an acolyte, it means it comes from the Greek word meaning somebody who follows somebody else. Okay. So I officially became in the church somebody who follows the priest around at mass. So I. I can officially help him out. I can. I, I will officially be able to help you out once you're a priest in a month and a half from now. <laughs> I may be calling calling in some help, huh? For sure. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's do you awesome. already have? Do you already have? But you probably already have people acclimating your first mass. I'm sure. I mean, you asked well, me. To, I'm gonna. I'm gonna do the music. I'm gonna help exactly. you. Exactly. <laughs> not everyone. Not everyone can do the music. Not everyone can acolyte either. If you don't have the acolyte. <laughs> But for yeah, for the altar service for the mass, I might have my one of my nephews do it or something. We'll see. But um, um, but yeah, so that's what's really exciting. So that means Brother Andrew's getting closer and closer to his diaconate and then to his priesthood. Yeah. And uh, biggest updates for me is that that I'm I think 39 or 37 <laughs> or 35 days away from um, my ordination, or depending on when you're listening to this episode. But it's May 7th, so it's coming up fast. And it's, it's been a lot of my mind um, getting yeah. for the different sacraments that I'll be able to um, celebrate as a priest. All Make right. Pop quiz. Pop quiz. How many sacraments can you administer? As a priest? As a priest. That's right. Come May 7th. How many sacraments will you be able to administer? Oh, well, it depends. Okay. Assuming you have all the permissions. Well, okay. On the, on the day of my ordination, five. Five. Okay. Really? Not six. I was thinking six. There's only well, I can't. I can't ordain anyone. Oh, I can't, I can't confirm can't. anyone. No, you. Well, you could if you have permission. That's what I'm saying. But like, I won't have permission that day. But that's why. I okay. But that. yeah. But so my caveat was <laughs> was like you have all of them. But but actually, you're right because because you can't 
administer the sacrament of marriage. So a five is correct. Because you'll be, you'll be ding 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 ding. So you you are so you are you are right, but for the wrong reason. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't marriage, as all of our listeners know, the ministers are the spouses themselves. That's right. So yeah. So five of the seven sacraments. So one day it will become. So one day, if you become an Eastern Catholic, uh, well, I guess not even that marriage. You can't be a bishop. You can't both ordain people and be married. In the cat in, in in a rite that is in communion with Rome. All right. So well, I don't know where you're going with this, but we're gonna <laughs> back to our topic here. Uh, yeah, a little off topic. <laughs> life is boring. Yeah, that's right. No, it's not Easter Five. So we're saying Easter Five at the end there, folks, just in case you didn't realize it. It was pretty right. clear though. Easter Five. Brother Luke, what do we mean by Easter Five? Are we just trying to be clever and melodious because it's the month of Easter or what? What, what What's the deal with Easter Five? I think, yes, we're trying to be melodious, but <laughs> not just that. We also, we want to, we want to uh, transmit a message that's helped both of us a lot that we're still in the process of trying to live out. And as I get closer to my priesthood and I've been thinking more about the mass and I'm reading this book and I'm looking at the sacrament more in detail because in the missile that you see the priest like flipping pages on the altar and sometimes he gets lost. It's not because he doesn't know what he's doing. It's because the mass has, there's so many options. Like today is this feast day. Okay. Well then you like, there's a certain prayer you can say on this day. Uh, this is it's good Friday or Holy Saturday. Okay. Well, there's a special prayer just for that day. Uh, it's a it's a mass remembering those who have passed away. Was it like all these? So there's just like looking through all the details of the mass. It's so beautiful, and unfortunately, there's some people that maybe their lives, rather than being shaped and formed and guided by the mass and everything that the mass communicates, they're it's guided by other things. And so I wanted to just start by asking Brother Andrew, what is your favorite Netflix series that you've seen? or Disney Plus, or TV series at all? I love The Office. And the Office. <laughs> that is my favorite series. <laughs> and it's on, it's not originally Netflix, but it's on Netflix now. So it is now my favorite Netflix series. <laughs> and so I saw Brother Andrew like change when he started watching The Office like all the time, every day. And all of a sudden he was like telling a lot of like lame jokes and no one wanted to be around him. Dwight, everybody wanted, everybody wanted <laughs> Dwight, Dwight jokes and Jim and all these characters that, some of you people probably know. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, once you start, once you start watching something, you you become almost like what you watch, like the food, like you you are what you eat. You know, I just was. I, I heard yesterday or a couple of days ago that uh, the series about chess came out, The Queen's Gambit, and suddenly everyone wanted to buy a chessboard. Like the prices are like the they were so, they sold like thirty percent more than they have in I don't know how many decades. And it made me think, like, how many people's lives are shaped by what they're consuming constantly, like either the series or what they're, the popular videos, the viral, whatever's viral on on TikTok and things like that. And so when we say life is boring, it's because if you're one of those people that spends too much time, like living the lives of other people through these different means, through like watching videos constantly, just swiping, 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 or you're watching TV series and it's like. You really just like a series came out, an entire season came out and you watched it in a day or two days. It's like, okay, well, why isn't there something else in your life that motivates you, that gets you out of bed in the morning than just like, oh, I can't wait for this movie or this series or this. And the mass 
which maybe sounds like you're saying, well, maybe mass is boring. My life's not boring, but mass is boring. Well, we want to flip that because we don't want to flip it. God himself has something incredibly amazing and exciting to communicate to us that he is communicating to us. And the mass is probably where that communication is best concentrated, if you can say that, of, of God's entire, like all the good news is probably best concentrated in the mass. And so, Brother Andrew, when we say Easterfy, what does that mean? So Easterfy has a very um, ancient and venerable etymology. Um, <laughs> so the first part of the word Easterfy comes from the English word for Easter. <laughs> and the second comes from the word for um, in Latin to be or to make, facere, phi. You know, you could magnify to make something big. Easterfy to make something like Easter. So what happened in Easter? Well, obviously Jesus rose from the dead, right? But to get there, he died. He had to die in order to rise from the dead. So Easter five is condensing the whole of the masses richness and treasuries into just one simple jam-packed verb, Easter five. <laughs> that's, what, that's what that means. So in the mass, we are called to structure our lives according to the paschal mystery of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what, that's what the Mass is about. If the Mass is not only to receive the Eucharist. It's not, it's, we don't go to Mass to receive the Eucharist, folks. That's not the only reason. We go to Mass to structure our lives after the, after the life of Jesus, to pattern our lives after him, after his life. And that's, that's what makes your life exciting. Jesus was not this, like, liturgical, whatever, uh, humdingering old, man who cared about like all these rites and different movements in the mass and like being boring and no he wasn't like this he was he attracted kids kids wanted to go up and be with him he even though the he, everybody like the doctors and of the law they wanted they were intrigued by him and they listened to him even king herod who was this you know worldly you know i imagine um just filled with all these passions and he like even he was attracted you know by, by saint john the baptist and then by obviously the best of jesus so jesus attracted everybody and we have access to jesus in the mass and the way that he lives is 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 shown to us in the mass he, he teaches his people in the liturgy of the word he's he's he takes our offerings to himself the the simplest thing you could think of just wheat mixed with a bit of water is, is, is that's what bread is and he transforms that into the, the highest thing that we could ever desire or imagine. It's God himself. And then we receive that and we become the body of Christ. All of us united together, one body, one spirit. That is what the mass is about. That is Easter five. All right. So every, pretty much every morning I, I drive into the parking lot at our school here, the Irish Institute. And there's a guy whose, I think, main job, he's security. But his main job each morning is opening the gate manually. He like pulls open this big metal gate so the cars pass through and he closes the big metal gate. And so it keeps the school very safe and everything. Not that there's like many problems or really any here in San Pedro, which is like this little part of Monterey where I'm living. And every morning, I love saying hi to this guy. Like he transmits joy and he transmits. And there's always something positive he says whenever I pull up. So I pull up, I, I put my blinker on and then I roll down my window and as I'm passing in, I always kind of stop real quickly because there's cars behind me. I just say, hey, good morning. How are you doing? And he's always fantastic. And he always like has like, like he has this St. Saint, Saint Patrick's bracelet on it now because a few weeks ago was St. Patrick's Day. Uh -huh. And they celebrate it with the Irish Institute, obviously. 
And he's like, I still got my bracelet. St. Patrick's with me. Or, <laughs> oh, I guess, isn't this weather, weather great today? Man, God is so good to us. Or, um, but it always comes back to something to do with God. And so one of the things, we're going to go through a couple like aspects, elements, whatever you want, of the Mass that can help us to make our lives less dependent on, okay, I need something exciting here inside. And so we're constantly grabbing at things. And rather, we want to go into like what the Mass is offering us. As, as Brother Andrew was saying, this, this work, Easter Fi, is about how we can bring everything we're living in the Mass into my daily life, right here, right now. Like, like this guard, at, the security guard at, at the Irish Institute, he's got one element that I wanted to maybe we can start with, which is Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. What does Thanksgiving have to do with the Mass, Brother Andrew? Well, as you well know, Deacon Luke, me uh, in, in, in a month and a half, you are going to offer the highest Thanksgiving that the church can offer, which is the Eucharist. That's where that's where we get the word Thanksgiving. Well, actually, the Thanksgiving probably comes from some German background. Uh, who knows what it is? It's Don not King. like turkeys and pilgrims. <laughs> <laughs> not exactly. Oh well, maybe maybe there could be. There's probably some school of etymological thought that would that would lend credence to that theory. But the scholars are still debating. So it's it's an open it's an open question. But, but yeah, it goes back to the word for Thanksgiving in Greek. So, so uh, uh, how does it go in Greek? Eucharistain. Eucharistain, exactly. To give, to, to, to give thanks. I still got it. Yeah, man. All the way back, humanities in Cheshire. <laughs> That's right. And so the church, the church offers Thanksgiving to the Father by offering the body of Jesus. And what is so awesome, folks, about the mass is that it's not only the, the body of Jesus that's being offered, you know, the Eucharist, Corpus Christi, the body of Christ. It's not only the body of Christ is being offered, but we are offered with the body of Christ. The, another word for the church is what? The body of Christ. And so just as Jesus offers himself to the Father on the cross and perpetually in heaven before the Father, he, we're called to the same thing. We offer, and then, and what happens? Well, he takes my, you know, my lowly body. He takes my, my sins, my defects. He takes my bald head. He takes, he <laughs> takes my, he takes my love handles. He takes everything about me that I don't like, you know, and he transforms it. He takes my soul and he makes it beautiful. And, 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 and not only just this selfish thing, like, you, you know, like, oh, I'm, I'm, my life is, you know, my, my game is, is, is upped or my auntie's up. Like, like my, I get all these great qualities. No, I become a, uh, a means of God's presence in the world. And I, and other people find joy through me. They find um, salvation in a way through me. Cause I, I bring Christ to them because I'm, because why? Because I'm Christ. I'm the body of Christ, you know? And this is not just TJFF saying these things. Obviously the church says these things. And St. Paul, who I love, who we all love, Woo. Bishop Barron loves, talks a lot about how... how we, <laughs> Way to we, go, Bishop Barron. <laughs> our, our, daily, our daily listener. Exactly. <laughs> he loves it. He, he always wants us to give us shout outs, as you know. So. Exactly. Um, but it talks about how my like St. Paul, my life is Christ. And it's not just a way of saying things like, oh, like I really like th- what this guy wrote or what this guy said. Or like, No, it's... There's a, a transformation that happens when I go to Mass and when I receive the Eucharist, when I receive Christ in the spiritual communion. There's 
a real, a true presence of Christ in me. And so when I say my life is Christ, it's because more and more, our whole life can become more and more this union between me and Jesus in every moment. And so the Mass, mass is, is the pinnacle of that. Uh, it's, it's this perpetual Thanksgiving. And it's pretty cool to think, like if you're having a bad day, this just came to me. Think right now, you can almost be 100% sure that somewhere in the world, someone is celebrating Mass. And you can unite yourself to that Mass being celebrated. Maybe right now in China or Singapore or down under, there's some mm-hmm. priest celebrating the Mass. And so that Thanksgiving is happening, that perpetual Thanksgiving that's happening in the Mass at every moment because there's always at least one priest celebrating Mass, probably. Um, that can also be my attitude each day. And that can make... Um, Make sure that uh, life is boring. Yeah, that's right. No, it's not Easter. Ah. But Andrew, what is your favorite aspect of the Mass besides Thanksgiving? Ooh. Well, I do love, I, I love the moment. Maybe, maybe this is not answering your question. <laughs> but I love the moment after communion when I'm, when I'm with Jesus. Like, like that's the, that's the, that is like the most intimate moment of my day when I'm, when I'm not distracted. <laughs> I'm, so I'm usually, I'm usually, so I, I'm in the, in the seminary here, as, as many of you know, I, 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 I do a lot of, direct a lot of the songs here in the chapel, the music. So I do a lot of music work here. It does a great so, job. Thank you. And so I often am thinking about, okay, what's the next song? Or is my book marked on the right page so I can just go up? And so sometimes I'm thinking about that, but but when I'm not, when I'm, when I realize where I am, who I am, how much I'm loved, and who is now inside of me, Jesus, that becomes the most intimate moment of my day. And it's mm-hmm. just like I, it's just like you just, you're just there, and you're just, you don't need to say anything because it's when two people who love each other, you don't need to say anything. You just, you're just there. You're just with him, and you, you thank him. Thank you, you know, thank you for coming to me. Wow, I, I want to be with you always. Help me. Um, uh, help me to be like you. Thank you, Jesus. You know, and I love you. That's my, I love that moment. Um, I just that, what, go ahead. Sorry, so uh, in preparing a talk about the mass that I gave a few weeks ago to some uh, sixth graders, there's a cool story I came across talking about that very moment you're talking about. So the Thanksgiving after communion, um, you have this moment of silence that, you know, it can be one minute, two minutes, whatever. Sometimes there's music and sometimes there's not. Uh, so you all know St. Dominic Savio. Who's my confirmation saint? I chose him. Oh, cool. Really awesome. He was this this young kid who who yeah miraculously just by God's grace had uh, like this deep intimacy with Christ from a very young age. Like he would, I think I don't know six or seven years old or something that was already offering up like giving lunch to the poor and then offering up as like this way to unite to Christ on the cross and things like that. I think he died at eleven, if I'm not mistaken. Oh my gosh. And one of like near the end of his life, there was one time where. Um, so St. John Bosco, I love when like the saints collide and there's always, so St. John Bosco, who ran this school, the oratory um, for all these boys, kind of getting them off the streets and then giving them education and work and things. Um, he was going around and Dominic Savio was one of the boys who would always help him a lot. And he realized that he hadn't seen him all day. He was like, where is, where's Dominic Savio? And they went looking for him, looking for him. And then one of them finally entered the church and they saw him. And this was hours, it was like four hours after the mass. And they found him in the exact same position. <laughs> as he was in the mass. And so they went and they kind of like woke him up, like started him. He's like, oh, and he hadn't even realized the mass had finished. And so he had been there just like so enwrapped 
in this moment with Christ, like what you were saying, that they found him four hours later in the same position because he was just he was lost in in this in this moment of like intimate dialogue. So if we don't live the mass that way, ask yourself why. Like if if someone can be distracted for four hours in silence with Christ, like isn't that more worth it than four hours of distraction with Netflix or four hours of like there's something more to the mass that maybe I'm not catching, and like. You can even ask. It's a grace. You can ask, hey, Lord, help me have just a little bit of that love for the Ukraine. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I can begin to transform my life and begin to shape and structure my day and, yeah, and my life and and how I live out my mission, my personal mission, my personal calling each day. Anyways, I love that story, and I told it to the boys, like, hey, why don't you guys just try to have a little bit of that instead of just, like, immediately talking and getting distracted after you receive communion. I get a little bit of that, like, desire and excitement to receive Jesus. And many of you who are listening, obviously you want that, right? And some of you are probably thinking like, I would love to have that. You know, I, I, I want the intimacy with Jesus. I want to experience that. I want to feel it, you know? And I think we shouldn't, we shouldn't get too worried. Um, you know, because Jesus said that wherever your treasure is, there will your heart be. Mm, yep. And so, and so as long as, as long as you want to be with Jesus, you're already with him. You're already with him. And so if you're in the mass and you're, and you're trying, you're listening, may I maybe get distracted or you have kids next to you or, or you're worried about something, but you're, but you're there. You're trying to, you're trying to listen, listening to Jesus speak to you during the liturgy of the word. You know, you, you, you remember during the offertory that, okay, this is when I can offer up like the hard moments of my day or the difficult or, or my work or the things that I love to do, or that project I just did, and I'm so happy. I offer that up to God. Not just the difficult things, folks. Come on, Jesus isn't. Jesus doesn't like. He's not a recipient of difficult things. <laughs> he's also a recipient of joyful things, right? Or during the Eucharist, you know, when I go up to receive Him, you know, I, maybe I'm a little distracted or whatever, but I, but I receive Him and, and I'm with Him. That's all that Jesus needs. That's all that He needs. We shouldn't. We shouldn't demand of ourselves eschatological, eschatological intimacy. Uh, on this side of, of heaven, <laughs> that, that comes if Jesus allows it sometimes. Um, but, but that's not his normal way of working. So I think we should just, we should be at peace. You know, that with the union that the, the union that Jesus wants to give us with him is not a sensible union is not usually a sensible union that we can, or one that, do you say that in English sensible? I get, I get mixed up with Spanish, like one that you can feel. He doesn't necessarily, yeah. not something that, you, yeah, exactly. Um, but it will be, it will be one day. Yes. And I, I like what you're saying too, because also like the, we had a reading a couple of days ago, I think in the mass about the publican and the Pharisee, uh-huh. right? And it says like the two, like he, Jesus compares these two people praying and one of them is like going through all these things that he's done. He, I do this, right? I do that, right? But God notices the, the authentic, authenticity of the prayer of the man who doesn't even dare to look up towards the temple representing God's presence, but beats his breast and says, like, Lord, have mercy on me, I'm a sinner. And that prayer, that man goes home justified. That man goes home transformed and new and Easterfied because he made this simple but sincere prayer. And it was, it was just a moment that takes a moment, you know. The good thief on the cross was entered into heaven because after a whole life of, you know, we don't know why he was there on the cross exactly, but as a criminal... And in one moment, he, he recognizes God's presence and with a very simple prayer says, just remember me, Lord, when you come into your kingdom. And that's enough to, to cause Christ to 
to canonize the first saint that it, there is to say like you're going to be with me in heaven today and so prayer has a real power and you're not like and like we were saying like it's not always going to be tangible it's not going to be like saint dominic savio uh but there we all want that we all want to walk in that direction to appreciate more the mass to appreciate what really happens in the mass and it can be a very simple gesture today when you go to mass or what you go to mass on sunday of just saying lord i want to be here with you i want to live the mass and all the prayers throughout the mass are are ways to help us enter in like sometimes we can think like all right i'm kind of looking forward to the homily and communion and like the rest of it i just kind of like get through and it's like, oh it's a story about moses or oh, it's a story about some prophet guy and now it's saint paul saying uh don't sin and now it's the gospel and i've heard the prodigal son a million times already so like again what's the priest gonna say in the homily that like i haven't heard before but no like <laughs> even go like go way back rewind and the beginning of the mass the colic like this introductory prayer is what sets the tone for the whole mass and like make that your prayer for that mass you know it's like it's asking for help some spiritual help for me or for the church or for the world um it's it's begging certain graces specific graces from heaven and so like make those things your prayer for that mass and it's like get into it the church has so many things that help us live the mass but they're kind of they're they're sort of hidden and so like to try to delve into it a little bit more i think can help all of us to easterfy easterfy our lives that's right that's right um one one other interesting thing about the word mass like like what does the word mass mean it's kind of a strange word like mass mass communication like a mass of like blob of something density yeah so it doesn't come from any of that it comes from the word from in latin to be sent okay so what does that mean that means that we don't go to the mass for our own spiritual benefit not only we go to the mass for other people's spiritual benefit. Hmm. Pope, pope Benedict, before he became pope, he uh, Joseph Ratzinger, he wrote, he wrote. Uh, I'm reading right now some texts of his on the church, and he said he says that the church is, you know, we could think of the church, the you know, our Christian faith, as as actually really burdensome to us hmm. because there's all these people in the world. <laughs> who are not Christian, who aren't Catholic, like people who just don't know about Christ or people who were raised Muslim and that's just their whole lives or, or just whatever, you know? And, and these people don't have the same, you could say- um, Obligations or- Obligations or demands, yeah, obligations that we have, you know? Because like, it's not, that's just not that this, that it's, it's unreasonable to expect from them that, you know, what they, what they, they grew up that way, right? Exactly their family situation, whatever. And, and us, well, like we, we have, we, for better or for worse or whatever, just wake the way our lives have unfolded, we have, we have entered into the church of Christ, the, the, the church that Jesus founded, the Catholic church. Um, and, and so when we go to mass, we are interceding for all these people around the world who, who don't know Christ yet. We're sent to them in a spiritual way. Misa in Latin means that which is sent, no? or even some say that the Eucharist is sent, right? Because mm. Eucharistia uh, est misa, like in Latin, the Eucharist is sent out. Like So the mass would end 
And it would be like, okay, they're going to bring the Eucharist to other people who weren't able to attend the Mass. And so that's why the word Mass in Latin ends in the word A, letter A, Misa, Eucharist. The Eucharist is sent. But we're the body of Christ also that is, that is being sent out to the world. And so... And so our, it's almost kind of, on the one hand, it's, it's kind of burdensome for us because we are little Christs. We are participating in the mission of Jesus to save the world. Not because, not because of any efficacy on our part or, or, or like we're causing the salvation or like it's, yeah, look at us, like we're doing. No, it's because we're, we're the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ, we, we are bringing him to other people. We're taking on the sacrifices, the difficult things in our lives, the, the suffering, the suffering of the world. We're uniting the suffering of other people to Christ. Like, like right now, I'm, I've, been, I've been really praying a lot about, uh, as everybody has, uh, the, the war in Ukraine, right? the invasion of Russia. And um, maybe my, our listeners can pray. I'm going to, during Holy Week, I'm going to go to Poland. And we're going to we're going to do some missions there um, in, a, in a town that's near the border with Ukraine. And so we're going to talk to all these these people who have been fleeing. And I just don't like all these people. Are, I can just imagine like like what do you what do you say to people who are fleeing? You know. So pray for these people, please. But so we're uniting out the suffering of the whole world to Christ, and and that can be that can be a burden to us, right? It's a it's a big responsibility. But it's a sweet responsibility. It's it's something that 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 should give us great joy because God has looked upon us and our lowliness to participate in bringing salvation to the world. How? By uniting it to Christ. That's it. It's really simple. You're at the mass. Jesus is offering Himself to the Father, and all you do is you tell Jesus in your heart, like Lord, I offer myself to you. I, I I offer the suffering. I offer the the, the the homeless man that I saw on the way here who's 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 drunk or whatever. I, I offer him to you. Or the difficult person at work who's who's maybe going through a really hard family situation. I don't know, but I offer that person. Um every everything I offer, I offer, I offer. That's that's what the Christian life is. It's offering. It's offering. It's not only Thanksgiving, like we said, it's also offering. I was I was thinking the I think was it Gandhi that said like um, the reason I'm not Christian is because of the Christians or something, Oof. right? Um, yeah, yeah. I think I think you're right. Yeah. So there's this. I don't know when the song came out. I'm trying to figure out. But just in the last week, I heard about it twice. It's song. It's a song called "Take Me to Church." Do you know it? Nope. It's it's really sad. Like when you listen to it, like the one the one line "Take Me to Church." Like two two of the kids from our our program said. Oh, do you know this song? Or one of them, I was like, we had the retreat, like I said, the sixth graders at the end of the retreat. He's like, oh, you know, you could learn this song called Take Me to Church Maybe for the next retreat. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, sounds like a good song, whatever. And I listened to it. And it's terrible. It's like the opposite. It's mocking the church. But mm-hmm. there's like, when you listen to it, I think the band of the guy is like Hozier or something like that, but he's an Irish guy. And I was just like, I was listening to it. And I was like, who is this guy? I went and like started listening to a little bit of like an interview about the song and stuff. And he's saying, well, basically like it's the Catholic church trying to pontificate on how, um, on love and on sex and all these things. And, mm-hmm. and like, and like, yeah, who do they think there are? They're way over stuff in their bounds. But the song is, is, is basically like saying like what the church is asking me to do is, is worship this man who thinks he knows more than I do, who, 
like the priest or whatever, the minister, the doctrine of the church. Uh, right. And, yeah. and so it's like basically saying like, take me to church and like, um, yeah, I'll, I'll be a slave to you. I'll just follow whatever you're doing. I'll drink your poison, all these things. Uh-huh. And um, it's really sad that we can give that impression that sometimes yeah. we can leave the mass and then give that impression that made Gandhi say like, I would be Christian if it wasn't for the Christians. And basically what he meant by that is saying that, you know, if, if what they're saying is true, why don't they live it out? And I think that's a constant challenge, not to be dramatic and, and whatever humdrum, but like as an exciting mission that we all have to be bodies of Christ, each of us, to be part of the, this, as we represent, we're meant to be broken and shared with other people. We're meant to, to bring eternity and heaven and purpose into people's lives. I mean, Christ through us by living out what we live in the mass. And so there's, again, there's something, there's so much, so much deeper and ama- more amazing about the mass that we can continue hopefully this um the rest of his lent and then especially in the three holy days um and leading up to the east of the easter triduum to eastify our lives by saying okay well um at least during the mass i'm going to pay a little bit more attention or i'm going to i'm going to praise god a little bit more i'm going to thank god a little bit more i'm going to unite myself i'm going to take seriously what the priest says in the homily or what the gospel example of the gospel is in my life or i'm going to ask how can i apply this to my life um because life is anything but boring and we see that in people that took their mission seriously who are the saints who are, we have so many examples before us i just saw this documentary recently about um i don't know what year he passed away but it was very recent um father henry it's called i am fire i recommend it for sure hmm. um, the same congregation as the sister claire crockett and like incredible story of this of this nun who ended up dying in a earthquake um maybe in i don't know where was it ecuador i'm terrible i I thought it was some country in latin america so maybe you're right yeah but somewhere in south america is uh but yeah she went basically went down with this building with her with some of her students but just like the impressive thing is how she lived out this she wanted to be famous she says at the beginning of the documentary like what i I, like as i live from a little girl i just want to be famous i want to do something big with my life and there's something very similar in this documentary with father henry who like once he says yes to this vocation to be a priest, he's all in. And so like, I think maybe each of us can be invited, you know, once we take our Christian, our baptism seriously, then we can also be all in, you know, to like to Easterify my life is to say with, with St. Paul, like my life is Christ. And so my life is Christ as a parent, as a spouse, as a teacher, as a working man, a businessman. Um, as a seminarian and, and future priests, like, what does that mean for me? Um, and with that comes great responsibility, great power, great responsibility. <laughs> but uh, yeah, anything, anything but boring. Anything but boring. That's right. Why, why would God want us to be bored? Like, 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 just think about that, people. Like, why, why in the world, if I'm bored, it's my fault. It's not anybody else's fault. It's not the church's fault. It's my fault if I'm if I'm bored. If I don't have anything that's pulling me forward, that's giving me um, impetus in my life, or that's giving poof and spunk and verve and pizzazz. Like why? If if, if I don't have that, then then I'm I'm the one to blame, really. You know. And when I'm at mass and I'm distracted, like this is oh, this is what, do you have all the saints in, in heaven and earth? You have the angels. You have the souls in purgatory who are begging us to to please free my soul and, and bring it to heaven so I can be united to God forever. You have, you have 
um, people who are who've never met Christ in the world who need some sort of grace that God can mysteriously give to them through the sacrifice of the mass. And that all depends on, on, on however much I want to, to give and to offer. I just saw this really funny video. <laughs> it was really funny. It was, it was Key and Peel, um, who a lot of you probably, probably know. <laughs> these two, these two, these two comedians are really funny. Um, it, it was, it was really, it was a one minute video. This guy was leaving the supermarket and another guy comes up to him with a clipboard and says, hello, sir. You know, can you, do you have, do you have, um, do you want to save the children? Do you want to save the children? And he says, uh, he's like, oh, and the other guy's like, no, sorry, I don't have time. You know, just let me go. Like, I, I just get rid of this guy, you know? Like, come on, please. You know, there's one dollar. All you need is one dollar to save, to save, uh, to save the children. Just give me one dollar, one dollar. He's like, oh, no, no, I really don't have time. He's trying to get to his car. Da, da, da. And, and, and then see, guy just keeps on insisting, oh, just one dollar, sir. Just save the children, save the children, one dollar. And it's like, oh, okay, uh, one dollar. And so what does it, he takes out five and he gives him a, gives him a five. And then immediately this white, large white van just comes screeching right in front of the supermarket. And the guy who was asking for money opens the door and then, and then um, brings out five kids who are inside the van and they were more inside and he closes the door and the van just rushes away. And the guy's looking at him, he's like, what? Like I saved five children. And at the very end, at the very end of the video, <laughs> at the very end, it's like, it's like, so it's like ridiculous. Like he's, the, the guy who wants to save children was responsible for, <laughs> like just like but at the very end, the guy who paid and who just wanted to get rid of this, this other guy, he's like, I could have done more. Like I had more money. And so, wow. And so when you're, and I thought of like Schindler's list, like, you know, like he could have done more, he, he could have, he could have saved more, you know? So we need to have that attitude. When we enter mass, we're entering a sacred time that goes beyond our normal categories of understanding, but that has a, a singular efficacy, a power, not only to structure our own lives after the life of Jesus and make our lives fruitful and therefore joyful and, and fulfilled completely, but it also has the power to bring that to other people that we, we become like Christ for others. Other people encounter Christ through us. And that's how, that's how fire and light spread over the world. Hmm. I love that. That's hilarious. That key and peel. I'll have to check that yeah, out. And it's awesome. It's really funny. <laughs> they, they do have a few videos that like they're ridiculous, but you could totally start a real, like a good profound conversation about yeah. like what it is in human nature that, you know, causes or i don't know like something that it wakes us up and it's true that we could do more uh you also may think of the hacksaw ridge movie that like such yes. an awesome example where he's just like okay i'm just gonna go back for one more it's worth it to risk my life just for one more just for one more and like and true story amazing um yeah but yeah like to have to have that mission um i think that's something that we always want to do it at tjff like with the dunque hermeneutic it's to say okay like now like easterfy your dunque hermeneutic this month like Say, okay, um, what is, instead of saying like, what is oh, also this too, discernment in my life. Okay, what is Christ trying to tell me today through this um, experience that I had through this? Maybe take the daily readings. If you can't make it to Mass, even just take the daily gospel and Easterfy your life and say, yes. what is Christ saying with today's gospel? With like last Sunday, I think it was the prodigal son, right? Or yep. Um, to say, okay, like, what is this story? How can I have that same mercy that the father had or how can I, how do I maybe fall into like the older brother's attitude of thinking, Oh gosh, why are you like, he's so bad and I'm so good. And like, 
you know like this like whatever like whatever makes you like whatever calls your attention in that moment that makes you think uh maybe god's trying to tell me something okay well take that and pray about it think about it for a minute a couple minutes and say this is how i can easterfy and like upgrade like what we've been talking about this whole episode like it's about upgrading your life because and netflix is just a dumb example you can there's nothing wrong with watching a tv series and like relaxing and stuff but it is like an, an alarm maybe in our lives if like that's the only thing we're waiting for is like this is the next big thing next big thing um i was last last weekend uh coldplay came to monterey and it's like all these kids were going all this stuff and i was actually kind of jealous i would have liked to go <laughs> like but it, like it happens with our lives all the time like we look forward to something and it comes and it goes and it's over and who cares like yeah. who cares if i didn't go to coldplay who cares because there's something deeper and more exciting that I'm made for. And like, those are always just like these little tastes of what we're made for, of what the joy that God wants to give us. Um, a reading I really liked recently said like, I'll make a new heavens and a new earth. Mm. And what I'm going to create for you is going to give you an, an eternal joy. And I was saying like, wow, God is really promising a lot. But yeah. if he's like, I trust him. I believe in him. I believe in God. And so if he's promised me that it's worth it. To like look for that eternal joy, look for that that in God and not in like these little things here and there, you know. Yeah. And the so. fact that you don't the fact that you don't experience this what you're seeking, the fact that you don't experiencing it, you don't experience it already in this life is a good thing because it it, it pushes you on to to continue looking for it, to continue seeking it. Of course you're not gonna experience it in this life in a full way. Maybe here and there God will. God will give you consolation. Different, different, he, he does that from time to time, but but He doesn't do that because He wants us to to because we're pilgrims. Because we have to keep walking, man. We have to keep going. We have to keep going forward, seeking, and 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 and, and that draws out virtues and, and beauty in us that wouldn't have been there had God already satisfied our desire. And so it's it's a blessing that our desires are not yet satisfied. And even in the mass, as 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 the highest prayer the church offers to the father, even in the mass, there will always be moments of distraction. There will always be moments where, you know, you're not uh, spiritually satisfied. It's always going to be like that. Even the priest who's celebrating, there's always going to be, but that's okay because, because that pushes us on ahead. And life, I think St. Therese said it, I read it somewhere, but I talk about her life is like a boat ride. It's like you get in a boat, you're cramped with these other people. It's like hard to find, like to get comfortable. You're rocking back and forth, you're getting seasick. Exactly. But you get in, you don't get in the boat to like stay here. Like, Oh, this is great. Like you're all crunched up. And like, oh, I just like, like I want to make the most of being crunched up. No, it's like, I mean, yeah, in a sense, but it's like always remember that I'm in a boat because I'm going somewhere there's, there's a, there's an eternal shore that awaits. And so like, yeah, we don't need to have all the eternal joy now because that's what God has promised us in the future. And it's going to be so amazing if we choose in this boat ride to collaborate with Christ, to be a part of his saving mission, to bring other people to that eternal shore. When we get there, it's just, it's going to be incredible. The, the party, the, uh, the shouts and the butterflies and paella that'll be all around. <laughs> Oh, happy day. <laughs> That's right. It's going to be wonderful. All right, so Andrew, uh, last Easter-fying tip for our listeners before we let them go and we, with our prayers and our blessings. Last Easter-fying tip, 
is simply a humble request that all of you pray in this next month for, for Deacon Luke. He is going to be ordained a priest on May 7th. He's going to be conformed to Jesus for eternity. And that's a big thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he's probably, he, as everybody knows, um, well, actually, as most of you don't know, I don't know. Uh, who, we don't, none of us knows what it's like to be ordained a priest. And so uh, that can provoke nervousness and feelings of unworthiness, which can be good. But let's pray that God brings a lot of consolation and a lot of, um, a lot of good vibes, to, to say it. Um, to, <laughs> no, but, but that, that, that God really conforms uh, Deacon Luke to, to his heart. And so that he can save people and bring people to heaven. So pray for him. And we're going to next month's episode will be on Luke's vocation, getting ready for the ordination, what happens in a, in a, in a pre-sea ordination. So, so that'll be nice because we'll actually be together in Rome. So we won't have any delays and any lags in time. So we'll be able to make all of our little we jo- jokes um, in real time. Yes. <laughs> so, so that's it. All right, people. And remember, we don't just do... We doomquay and we Easterfy. God bless. What was that? What was that? TGIFM. What was that? Two brothers in row. What was that? What was that? TGIFM. What was that? It's a double F, not a singular F. TGIFF Instagram is TGIFF dot pod squad. Facebook, Instagram, internet. All over.